Greetings and welcome to Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for, for downloading this episode. Welcoming back to the show, we do have Mr. Brad Fuller. How's it going, Brad? It's great. How's everybody doing? Well, I'm doing okay. You're doing okay. So I guess that's really all that matters. I don't know what everybody's doing. They need, to, <laughs> they need to let us know and engage in the comments. How are y'all doing? It's true. How are you doing, people? I mean, it's kind of not fulfilling right now, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully somebody later on will let us know that they're that they're doing well. And we hope everybody's doing well. But we're both doing well. And we're excited because we're doing a little bit of a, a special episode. We're doing a double feature and something really, really cool. We're doing a double feature on one of the the great greats of cinema. And that would be Mr. Vincent Price. We've got a double feature. We'll be tackling the tingler. And the house on Haunted Hill, a couple of William Castle slash Rob White classics. So, yeah, let's get into it. Now, when we were coming up with something to do for Halloween, this was kind of your idea, Brad. You said that you wanted to talk about The Tangler. And I'm like, that, that'd be fun. A little bit different. Haven't really covered any any classics on this. So why The Tangler? Well, I, you know, <clears throat> My first thought was this is going to be way too obscure. And I actually thought for a minute, silly me, that maybe you hadn't seen this. But but then I realized, no, no, it's you and you've seen everything. <laughs> so uh, um, I don't know. I, you know, the, I've always loved Vincent Price. And The Tingler was a DVD that I just randomly found one day. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of a silly title, but it's Vincent Price. I love Vincent Price. Let's check this out. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, it's been like as corny as it kind of is. It's been like a yearly watch for me. Uh, I absolutely love Vincent Price. Anybody who's watching this that also loves Vincent Price is like, oh, why aren't you doing The Fly or House of Wax or, you know, what I'm like, you know, The Tingler. It, it it has a special place. I love William Castle. I love the things that he tried to do uh, way ahead of his time. And I love Vincent Price. So my first thought was, I mean, I love horror movies. So, you know, you know me on this show from Lord of the Rings, but pretty much 95% of the time when I turn on a movie, it's a horror movie. So a lot of classic movies I haven't seen unless they're horror genre so this i mean you said this is a classic movie it, it might be a classic <laughs> house on haunted hill certainly is a classic movie right. um but but yeah I, I love to talk about horror and i love to talk about Vincent price he's he's awesome i love it and yeah so you brought the tingler to the table and i had to think about it like what movie do i want to pair what vincent price film do i want to pair so i'm like oh it's obvious you got to go with another william castle film that and the tingler and house on haunted hill came out the same year. There's it some did. similar themes that are going on within both films. It's just My a natural first note written down was that 59 was a busy year yeah. for Vincent Price. He had like five movies come out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he was him and William Castle. I think this was a I think the Tingler actually was a contracted double feature with House on Haunted Hill yep. back then as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a total, 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 like natural pairing between the two of them. So I'm really excited to discuss them. So you brought the tingler. I chose the house on haunted Hill. And the reason being is the, the house on haunted Hill was the first 
out and out Vincent Price film I ever saw. I would have seen it like on Turner Classic Movies as a teenager, like late at night or something. And I'm like, well, that sounds cool. I, I know Vincent Price from Edward Scissorhands, you know, like and right. Thriller music video. <laughs> yeah, so. Thriller was probably my first encounter with him, you know, as a kid as well. And, you know, Edward Scissorhands as well. And Vincent Van Gogh, his, uh, his <laughs> cameo on Scooby-Doo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a great call out. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that, that it just seemed it seemed perfect. And after seeing House on Haunted Hill, you know, I fell in love with uh, well, you know, I always loved his voice, but now actually seeing him younger and just kind of, uh, creepy and I'm like, yeah, let me, let me, let me take a look at some of his back catalog. So seeing, I don't know, at this point, I've probably seen like 10, 15 different Vincent Price films, nowhere near all of them. I mean, the man I has been in so many. When I looked him up. Yeah. His catalog has got hundreds and hundreds of things. Now, a lot of them are cameo guest stars and mostly a lot of voice stuff, especially in his later years, because mm-hmm. he has such an iconic voice, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I've not seen anywhere near all of them, of course, either. Now, like, yeah, I mean, so yeah. So, I mean, there are these films and then obviously the fly, which is that in itself would be a fun double feature to do the original and then the, the Cronenberg eighties version of oh, the fly. Yeah. I'd be on board for that. Any day. Right. That's great. Yeah. And I love House of Wax. And House, even of House of Wax, House of Usher. I mean, then once know. Vincent Go started, uh, Vincent Go, Vincent Price started doing the Edgar Allan Poe uh, catalog with like Roger Corman stuff. That was really good too. Yeah. A lot, a lot of that earlier, you know, he did like The Raven and Pit and the Pendulum and mm-hmm. Murders of the Room Org and, you know, tons of Edgar Allan Poe stuff. That was fantastic. So we're all on the same page on that one. So. Awesome. But let's talk about the Tingler. All right. Oh, you want to start with the Tingler? Okay, sure. I mean, th- this was this is the movie that that started this conversation. And sure. obviously, House uh, House on Haunted Hill predates this film by a couple months. But we'll uh, we'll talk about this one. So you don't have to do a deep summary unless you want to. I mean, the I don't think I think this, these will be pretty simple to kind of talk about in, in terms of film. Yeah. I mean, there's. There's obviously some subtext that's going on in both of these films, but yeah, the wife problems, man, like marital issues up the ass in both yeah. of these films. Well, some of my favorite lines and, you know, in Tingler, we'll get to that about his wife <laughs> One of my favorite lines ever, <laughs> but anyways, keep going. Yeah. So what, if you want, you can, you can introduce us to what, the Tingler is about, and then I'll do the same for House on Haunted Hill. Sure. So the Tingler, um, it, it opens with Vincent Price doing an autopsy. Um, he's not a mortician. I think they describe him as, is it a psychologist or I'm not sure, but he's he's some sort of doctor who also does autopsies um, and he's doing an autopsy. And for some reason, a random person just wanders in. It's like, hey, I'm a relative. It's my wife's cousin or whatever. Can I, uh, you know, he's a murderer. You know, let me check out this autopsy. I don't I don't know what was going right. on with that. <laughs> but it was a way to introduce the other character, Ollie. And uh, so the whole premise of this movie is that Vincent Price is doing this research on people that get scared. And it's kind of a gimmick for the theater of, you know, 
this this creature that, that he comes to figure out and name the tingler is kind of that tingling you get in your spine when you're scared. And if you scream, the tingler is powerless and it lets go of its grip of you. But his research is, well, what if you can't scream? What would happen to somebody who, you know, was so terrified, but they couldn't scream and let it go? And without getting into too much spoilers, there's some sinister stuff that goes on with the movie and we figure out uh, what happens if you don't scream. Is that good enough without, yeah, without coming doubt. into the spoilers? Not that anybody is, uh, you know, movie's 60 years old at this point. You know? from 59. <laughs> By the way, this movie is free to watch, I think, on Prime and, and Tubi, because I can't imagine anybody watching this has seen this. Maybe a couple people, but or I guess listening, not watching. Right. I say watching because I'm looking at you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think you summarize it pretty well. I, I push back is the wrong word, but the movie doesn't open with the autopsy. The movie opens with William Castle oh, directly yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking to the audience. That's true. Yeah. I was just going with the first screen. The right. First then you're fine. But yeah, go ahead with that. But, yeah. I forgot about that. But this is something that William Castle was pretty notorious for, at least within this time frame. Oh, yeah. With having kind of like a gimmick, you know, and. What I love is he wasn't the first person to do this. Other filmmakers were doing it a little bit before and, you know, other filmmakers around that same time were doing this, but he introduced this, this gimmick that basically he had like a direct speech to the audience that for the first time ever, people in the theater were going to be experiencing something similar to those in the actual film. And from what I've been able to figure out is I don't know if it was just like kind of like uh, the, the 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 chairs like zapped yeah, with electricity seat, or something, yeah, right? Seats had like vibration stuff built into them. He also had like plants in the audiences that would scream at specific moments to try to get other people to scream as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And the House on Haunted Hill is no different. We'll get into that one as well. But yeah, for this, well, uh, I forgot what it's called. Um, it was like per, was it percepto? percepto percepto yeah percepto was his yeah so basically you know you know a couple dozen seats just had vibration on them so like akin to like a 4d movie you know 10 years ago when you go to watch you know something like that at a museum or whatever and the whole idea obviously was just to get a reaction out of the audience and mm-hmm. you know just make that that whole theater experience a little bit a little bit extra, you know, for, for everybody. So and I know they toyed with a lot of other ideas too. Mm-hmm. Like they were talking about like rolling balls down the theater. So they brushed against people's legs and, you know, all different, like, you know, sorts of things that could happen. And I mean, I, I'm, I can't imagine nowadays when you watch it and you think about it, you're immediately like, you know, no one's going to fall for that, but you know, who knows 1959 never been done before, you know, you're, at a horror movie with your date or whatever, and she gets zapped, maybe, maybe that works. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that as far as like, how could that work? And like, no way would it work today. But then I was like reminded of, and I don't know if you ever saw it, but the Blair Witch Project, right? I mean, this movie, well, yeah. was, this movie came out in 1999, but before that film came out, there was like a documentary going around before mm-hmm. the movie had released, talking yeah. about everything that happened so before, yeah 
And I listened to your podcast about that. And that's why I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, I seen it when it was still real. I bought the soundtrack when it was a burned cassette that was found in the car. And, you know, I was on board for it being real until after I seen it. Then I'm like, no, nah, there's no way this is real. They wouldn't really. <laughs> you know, but. And so that was, that was all, it was all just a gimmick, you know, and right, yeah. because the whole idea of like found footage films were, were so new and hadn't been around like yeah. So, I mean, that's just another form of a gimmick, you know, or marketing element right. Blair, which had no budget, but the budget that they did have actually went into other supplemental uh, mm-hmm. material. And one of those things was just kind of like a, a documentary before the film had released. So right. you could, people still do it, or at least we're doing it as recently as 20 years ago. So yeah. there are there just new inventive ways that people can do things to you know, for lack of a better term, have a gimmick for a film to yeah. uh, increase, you know, people wanting to go see it in the theater. Mm. But the Tingler, right? Okay, so we've got that. And we speak about kind of like this creature that lives in our body. We established early on that this thing is, you know, denser than bone and strong enough to, you know, basically break your spine if you let it go long enough as it builds up and gets bigger and bigger along your spinal column, which of course is ridiculous scientifically today. (laughs) Wait, 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 this isn't, this isn't possible. This, I I, I mean, clearly you're kidding. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it might be growing right now. I'm a little tingly, but to kind of move the plot forward a little bit, we then have a scenario where somebody does die of being scared to death. Right. And Vincent Price does kind of like a half-ass autopsy and pulls out the the tingler, which basically looks like a supersized silverfish, quite frankly. It's, you it's know, actually it, based on like a real world creature, but you just jumped to the very end of the movie. But... <laughs> I mean, the movie's only like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, it's a little, the movie's a little dark. Like, like Ollie ends up having a deaf and mute wife. And from the point where Vincent Price meets that Ollie runs this silent film theater. And from the point when Vincent Price meets him, you could see the wheels turning in his head of like, oh, she's deaf and mute or deaf and dumb as they call it in the movie. Cause different time you could see the wheels turning like he wants to know what's going to happen so even though ollie actually ends up you know perpetrating this murder i think visit price still got what he wanted all along right <laughs> yeah and uh you know it should be i guess it should be mentioned that he has an assistant um and his wife is sisters with his assistant's fiance i guess yeah the the dynamics were kind of confusing and murky yeah the fiance doesn't agree i guess the fiance is the one that has them or no vincent price's wife is rich and she's funded all his experiments and all his stuff but she clearly doesn't want to be with him it's shown from the beginning of the movie where she's kissing another guy on the front steps and she stays out late all the time and you know and then then the sister's like it's been happening more and more she's been out every night with guys that are you know not well to do you know basically you know the 59 version of she's a slut and uh trollop yeah, a trollop, I guess, would be a better word for it then. <laughs> and yeah, but so the sister 
so we get this dynamic right away that they don't like each other and you know, we spend a lot of the movie on you know vincent price you know confronting her and trying to scare her and he actually has like a whole scene where he threatens her with a gun and shoots her with a blank and she passes out <laughs> and he immediately starts x-raying her and yes you can see the tingler growing and growing and growing in this various stage of x-rays because i don't know who faints when they get shot but it didn't actually hurt <laughs> but yeah that that's a whole scene uh, we got the the first on-screen usage of LSD in a film, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is hilarious. The price tripping out was pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, what's even funnier is, uh, did you look up the IMDb for this? I had never done no. that before. And there's a there's a page on the IMDb, a clickable page for the actor of just called Skeleton. So click on the skeleton and you'll see its acting credits and the stuff that Skeleton has been in. That's because awesome. It, it, it mentions like Army of Darkness and some other stuff. And yeah. So for the listeners, there's a, you know, as you know, a doctor's laboratory type thing would have. There's a skeleton up on a pole or whatever, you know, the biology class or whatever, anatomy class skeleton. And while Vincent Price is tripping out, he looks over at the skeleton and there's some, you know, zooming in and zooming out camera tricks that make him start to freak out. And the reason he took the LSD was to try to advance his study of fear because Nothing could possibly scare him. He He's rational. He's a doctor. He's not scared of anything. So he takes the LSD to bring on fear. And then while he's tripping out, you know, he freaks <laughs> out. And then he's like, it cuts away. And he's like, I broke down and screamed, didn't I? Because he was trying, like, don't scream, don't scream, don't scream. I want to see what happens, which is a poor choice of study if you think <laughs> it kills you if you don't scream. Not very scientific. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> And to do it all alone, you know, like uh, locking himself in and uh, right. like isolating, not not, you know, th there was no like peer group. There was nothing. You know? Yeah. And you had his his assistant said, don't mess with this stuff alone. It's right. not a drug. It's an acid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? back then, you know, I guess, you know, they were still trying to find a benefit for LSD. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, we're jumping all over the place, but no, that's uh, okay. I, I don't and, think anybody knows what the hell's going on in this movie, but it's it's true. Just watch it; you won't either. <laughs> I, I mean, the movie's pretty linear, but there's just so much absurdity. Obviously, the movie's very campy. It doesn't take itself remotely too seriously. Everybody's just seemingly to have a have a good time. But yeah. what I do enjoy about this movie is some of the subject, uh, some text. Now, some oh, text yeah. is something that obviously. Uh, was very rampant, you know, during the back in the day of like the film codes, you know, when I mean, there were so much like it, it, it's a fascinating element to to cinema back then when it came to uh, adultery, when it came to marriage. And those mm -hmm. were those were subjects that were also kind of taboo because people didn't really get divorced back then. And, you know, just people having affairs. I mean, these are these were things that were just kind of like, Ooh, you know, yeah. we don't want to talk about. And when we get the house on a hill, it's like almost the reverse story. Yep. And that one, he's the one with the money and he's the one who's running around and, you know, and yeah, but anyways, we'll stick but, with one. Time, so but. It's just something that during that time in Hollywood, 
you know, whether you look at like film noir films uh, of, of that certain day or shit, fast forward one year later, Psycho, which is the story of, you know, a, a woman uh, up to no good with with a guy and, you know, her stealing money. And, you know, so which in a lot in many ways, Psycho is heavily influenced on House at Haunted Hill, which we'll we'll get to in, in, in just a minute. But these themes that they're that they were tackling, it, it allows a movie to be a little bit more than just kind of a a monster film, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and while we're talking about it, my line I was talking about earlier is um, while they're doing the experiment, before he threatens his wife with the fake gun and has this idea to pretend to kill her to get her scared, he asks his assistant to go out and get a cat. And his idea is that we're going to use this cat and we're going to scare the hell out of this cat and x-ray it and see if the tingler is also in animals. And um, during the scene where he's chasing his wife around with a gun slowly and scaring her and threatening to kill her and talking all that stuff, they come across the cage in the laboratory with a cat in it. And that's my favorite line is he, she looks over and sees the cat, which meows. And he says, have you two met before perhaps in the same alley, (laughs) 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 which is, you know, another play on on what we're talking about, but it's still a fantastic line. (laughs) Yeah. So in this also, another thing that happens still with, again, just marriage is not being too perfect. In one scenario, without like giving any spoilers, you have a spouse that tries to kill another spouse unsuccessfully. And then the other, in another way, you've got a spouse that does kill a spouse successfully. Obviously, this is something that William Castle and Rob White, the uh, the, the screenwriter who mm-hmm. they, they collaborated on both, collaborated on both of them, something that they really were interested in chatting about. Uh, or, you know, like kind of uh, really focusing on as yeah, a we should look into their personal lives. What happened to them? I know. I know. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, I sure do hope that William Castle and Rob, uh, Rob White, you know, were okay. I don't know. I haven't looked up their IMDBs other than to know that, you know, they both um, had very, very successful careers. I don't know about like their, their personal levels, but or personal right. relationships, but. Yeah, the Tingler man. So yeah, but when the when the creature does finally get revealed, uh, we we need to jump at least talk about the end of that. Is um, you know Vincent Price cuts the creature out of the person who was killed, and you know we have this like two foot long, you know crazy worm with pinchers on it mm-hmm. and a bunch of legs like a centipede with pinchers almost it's based on a real world bug i don't remember what it was just scaled up but then in parallel we have you know the ollie character who manages a theater and then we have vincent price who they live in a above the theater i'm going to give some stuff away but that's okay and they have a scene where the tingler like basically muscles its way out of this like you know raccoon cage <laughs> you expect you know like to catch like a you know a raccoon or a, a stray cat and and you know they see that it's broken and then it cuts to black and we have Vincent Price narrating like the tingler is loose in the theater everybody stay calm just scream if you feel anything like 
to further the gimmick yep. to, you know, there's just a black screen for like five minutes and them narrating like, you know, the film will restart the tingler's loose in the theater. So in the movie, you have a theater and in real life, presumably you're in a theater. So they try to play on them both back and forth in the movie, the tingler's loose in the theater, but the tingler's actually loose in your theater. And that's when the percepto stuff and the zapping goes off and yeah, it's, (laughs) it's corny as hell, but it's still fun. It is. It's super fun. And I don't know if I mentioned it with you on this podcast or if I mentioned it with somebody else, but we, we look at it and obviously, you know, by dated terms, it's kind of, it's kind of hokey, but put yourself back in 1959. The Mm. only time you're going to see this movie is in the theater. There is no VHS television existed but they weren't necessarily showing movies. They weren't showing movies that were in the theater. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. all live stuff. Yeah. So in that circumstance, it's it, it's totally wild and entirely different experience. But so if you put your head around that idea, it's pretty fucking brilliant, you know. And you know, just to have that type of theater experience. But yeah, and another neat thing. I mean, in 1959, color movies existed. But they chose to make this movie in black and white. But every scene where they show blood, the blood is in color. And so they have a scene of one point is a bathtub full of blood and, you know, a couple other scenes. And they have, you know, the lady who panics at the sight of blood. And so to, you know, show that panic, the blood is red where the rest of the movie is in black and white you know kind of like a wizard of oz type thing where it's black and white then color you know so we know wizard of oz was way before this so we know this movie movie could have been in color but they chose not to for whatever reason and just probably probably budget and then just accent it with the blood in color because House yeah. on Haunted Hill has two versions. You can watch it in color or black and white. I don't know when it was colorized. House on Haunted Hill, is, it, it's, it's distracting watching it in color because it, it just obviously... the like the, Was the it color. added in much later? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it just it doesn't... It doesn't... Like the, the, the hues of like the uh, like skin tone just look a little bit different. And I watched it in black and white. And then after that, I realized Amazon Prime also had the color version. So I skimmed a few scenes in color and rewatched a couple scenes. But, you know, I didn't rewatch both. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, like when it comes to now, granted, I prefer films not in black and white. But when I watch a black and white film and then I see it colorized. 100 percent of the time i prefer it in black and white it just black and white doesn't bother me at all i i don't even find myself noticing you know Mm -hmm. i'm such a fan of uh like i love twilight zone and a lot of older stuff like that and honestly i don't even pay attention to it i could watch Mm -hmm. something in black and white and someone be like oh that sucks this was a black and white and i would be like oh i wasn't even thinking about that right it didn't even cross my mind yeah (laughs) you know what about what about films that are like subtitled? Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay. perfectly fine with that. I was yeah. just curious, just curious. Yeah, things um, that people find distracting. I'm always kind of like I can watch a movie with subtitles and read the subtitles, and it doesn't really take away unless there's some real subtle things that I'm supposed to catch. 
you know, then normally like, yeah, like, you know, I don't know, most recent horror subtitle, like train to Busan or, you know, or one of those movies, you know, that, that didn't bother me at all. I mean, I, I love those Korean movies. Um, yeah. There's another one, the other big Korean movie, the, the wailing, the wailing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that didn't bother me at all. And there's a couple Spanish ones. I watched some Hindi ones. I watched and no, it doesn't bother me at all. Cool. I don't know if there's really much more I need to say about The Tingler, but if there's no, anything else just, in your just notes. Just go watch it. Like it for what it is. Remember, it's 1959. It's corny. It's cheesy. But Vincent Price is always awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I mean, I covered everything I wrote down. <laughs> but I mean, we I don't feel like we covered the plot of the movie very well. But I mean, and I think you did. I think you. I think you did. I think you did cover it. Don't, don't turn it on if you want a scary movie to creep you out before you go to bed, <laughs> but yeah. turn it on because it's a classic horror movie that is good for its time and it deserves a place in the horror catalog for a horror fan. For sure. Totally agree. Rewinding a little bit because The Tingler came out after House on Haunted Hill, we are going to be talking about another film that came out in 1959, a little bit earlier. And right, and I really, I'm pretty sure when he did House on Haunted Hill, there was a contract to also do the Tingler, mm-hmm. like I said before. And I think William Castle pitched them both and was like, you know, do this movie that I know you'll like, and then also do this movie that, you know, is the Tingler. Right. <laughs> and I, I think I... I think I read somewhere that the reason why he did House on Haunted Hill was Vincent Price got like passed over on a different project and William Castle told him about, you know, this house on Haunted Hill and it sounded great. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. He's like, cool, but also do this. uh, He's had a problem with getting cast Mm -hmm. due to his height because a lot, he was, you know, trying to be a uh when he before he was deserving of a leading man role he was trying to get cast in movies and was often taller than the leading man and for back then you know we don't want the secondary actor to be taller than the leading man because i guess if you're taller you're more center of attention and well it's also harder to film you know when you when you have that 16 by nine, like, um, you know, uh, yeah. perspective, I think this is like six, four thereabouts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I knew that it was at least, I mean, shit, he could have been six feet and that still would have been taller than the average yeah. actor of its day. Well, he was definitely taller than most people at his time. And but that's that sweet spot. Like we'll often talk about like actors. Oh, that actor is only five, seven or five, eight. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much like the, the sweet spot, like cinematically what they like, mm-hmm to shoot you know is around that hype because you can frame it you can get other people perspectives perspectives to Mm -hmm. to change stuff around you know and stuff like that yeah now obviously they're they're a whole lot better at doing it now you know uh obviously Mm -hmm. you you look at the fucking marvel films and you've got dudes that are like six four you know plus right uh, and we had we already talked about this with lord of the rings where we had the dwarf being the tallest guy in the cast and it was just they played with it with perspective and camera distances and height hmm. is a fascinating thing that we don't necessarily often think about in reality but when it comes to shooting a film the the tricky uh the, the the tricky aspects of it so vincent price obviously one of the things that he dealt with was obviously being being tall for a leading man so to go into house on haunted hill 
he had been passed over for a role. Maybe what, whether it was due to height, whether it was to do with, I can't I don't remember what it was, but I remember yeah. reading that, but, <clears throat> but so he, he, he does this film and house on haunted Hill for those that haven't seen it is the story of this wealthy couple that invite or whether the husband essentially invites five guests over to spend the night in a haunted house. And if they survive, he'll give them 10,000 bucks. Now, if they die, then the remaining money like are, are able to go to the other people. So it's, everybody, yeah, you know, split. so it's like we get, there's $50,000 pot between the five of you, correct. but if three of you die, then it's, you know, 25 each, you know, for the other two. The house itself apparently is haunted. And to date, it is responsible for the death of seven people, according to the, the guy who owns the house, who really wants nothing to do with it. And he, he thinks it's a really bad idea that they're there and that we should all get out of the house. <laughs> it's weird that he's even there at all. It's really weird because he knows it's haunted, you know. Uh, so, again, things that like that whole idea of suspension of disbelief, you know, you, you, you just let a lot of shit go out the window. Just, you know, like try not to make sense of too much of it. Yeah, so they're going to spend the night in this this haunted house, and if they survive till the next morning, they get ten thousand bucks. And what we learn along the way is that the the husband and his wife Vincent Price and his his wife, unfortunately, I don't have her name memorized. If I pull up uh, IMDb, I could do that. Her character or her her real name, the actress's real name. name. I don't know. I think your character was Angela, maybe Annabelle. 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 Okay. I believe she committed suicide. This was her only movie. Carol Gilmart is the actress's name. If Uh, if I'm correct, this was her only movie. She did some TV parts and then committed suicide a few years later. Um, I gotta disagree with you on that one. She's been, I mean, she, she was in several films. Um, okay. Well, one of the actresses that in the movie, (laughs) right. I don't know. Maybe it was the maybe it was one of the guests then that was that because I did look them all up, but I'm blurring them all together now. I know the older lady. This was her final role. Now, now, okay, all right. So now I'm with you. Okay, so the the actress that oh the one that's actually scared, the one that actually sees all the ghosts. Yeah, she's the one that committed suicide. That's correct. Yeah. So that actress, Carolyn Craig. Yeah, she. uh, yeah, she self-inflicted um, death, and she, you know, she was like 36. After this, and then, yeah, then unfortunately took her life. But yeah, yeah I, so yeah, I apologize. I knew I was there somewhat, but I didn't know. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> um, so here we go. You've got this husband and wife, the Lawrence, and they've got this really, really rocky relationship. And the husband is convinced that his wife had attempted to poison him, right? Basically to acquire all of his money because he has a lot of money. Yeah, the opposite of the first movie. This one, one, he is the rich one. And the first movie, she was the rich one. Same conflict, just in reverse. Yeah. And he keeps saying this is her game and this was her idea. Right. 
And she's like, no, this is your idea. I'm not going. But then some weird stuff happens and there's a bunch of gray area. A lot of gray area. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's so funny because so much of the movie, both of these films are completely absurd. And when you really like pause and try to break it down, everything breaks down, like the entire plot structure and all of it. It's you can see these are movies that were just like churned out, you know, like, all right, we're going to we, we have to do five movies a year. And all right, give me a horror movie. Uh, yeah. Millionaire haunted house, five people. You'll pay them if they survive. They don't survive. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. Make it. Yeah. You know? there you go. <laughs> and I mean, these films are with a with a low budget. The screenplay, although good, obviously has a ton of holes. And this movie has uh, ha- has many, many holes within it. But anyway, the, the characters essentially get separated and we see that there are ghosts or maybe there aren't ghosts. We well, yeah. First we get the whole, like, you know, they all meet and Vincent price walks out and he's like, I'm your host. And you know, once you leave by, you have to leave by midnight. And if you don't leave by midnight, you're locked in here until 8 AM. And it's like 1140 at this time. And one person actually is like, yes, I want to leave. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, the caretakers left early. Sorry, yeah, we're already oops. locked in. Yeah. You're stuck here. She's like, no, but I want to leave. And, you know, it's like all the windows are barred. All the doors are locked. And for some reason, we can't open them anymore. They've yeah. locked them and there's no unlock from the inside. <laughs> you know? So you're stuck here. Sorry. Yeah. Oops. And then that's when, you know, the movie actually starts is like, all right, now we're all stuck here. And some people don't want to be here. Some people do. And then now we start to see the ghosts. So yep. go ahead with the ghosts. Well, actually, I guess we should, before we say that, I guess we should say that the the character we were just talking about first sees a ghost. And then the movie does some double play trickery to be like, oh, no, these are just the caretakers of the house. Right. They're leaving now and they're going to lock it up. So the first ghost that we see is actually just one of the caretakers of the house. And then they go lock the door and leave. So the first is like, a, you know, double entendre. Yeah, we, we start off thinking we're seeing ghosts, but we're not seeing ghosts. And as the, the party kind of descends through the house, we go into this room that inexplicably has a giant like pool of like acid you know because why not right you know? because we have a giant trap door and we crank open this uh this you know thing that pulls open this trap door with a vat of acid perfectly normal to be in your house yeah i mean you know why not and why not and so basically if anybody falls into it it'll strip the flesh and hair and just leave everything back to just bone and so you know that We'll come back to that, that at some point in this film. It's so and, bad. <laughs> and, and so everybody gets separated and they're, 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 they think they're seeing ghosts and we're getting a little bit more plot development between Vincent Price's character and his wife. And But actually, uh, the lady that we just talked about the actress we just talked about oh she's tortured in this movie just the the one that committed suicide what was her character name again her real name is carolyn craig her character's name was nora nora yes nora really she's the only one in this movie that actually sees a ghost 
It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, but anyways, keep going. Poor Nora, because yeah, she's just like terrorized oh, throughout yeah. this entire film. Yeah. Plots develop. We find out a little bit more sordid details of Vincent Price's uh, wife and his relationship. And we have the we have the scene where Vincent Price gives a has a box on the table for every person in the house. Yeah, gives everybody gives everybody a handgun. Everybody gets a revolver here. I'll pass these out to everybody. They probably and, won't, won't work on the ghost, but it's almost like a game of Clue. It, it, it is. It, it is a lot like Clue. <laughs> and I think this probably came out before the Parker Brothers game. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you, but it will take me a second. Yep. Brad is getting up Just because he going. needs to know. So anyway, I don't know where I am, but what we find out is that... Because spoiler alert, the end at, at this point, it's 60 years old. You need to have seen this movie. If you haven't, then whatever. So we find out that Vincent Price's character, his wife is having an affair, and she's having an affair with one of the guys at the party. And she faked her own death. She she hanged herself. 43. Or, pardon me? 43 for the British version. 43. Okay. So she hangs herself, but not really. It's a fake, it's a, it's a fake, fake suicide. And the whole idea two, I guess yeah, the first of two, like (laughs) suicide attempts by her for hanging. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's ridiculous, but I love it. How do they do the tricks in this movie? Like, yeah, they had this set up and they were faking it, but like the the hovering outside the window with the rope coming in and wrapping around the girl's leg, like is that supposed to not be real? If it, it or if it was the scare, how the hell could they have pulled that off? Right. Yeah. I mean that, that that's what I have written down for this movie is all the like little tricks are all like impossible to completely perform. completely implausible. So like, much implausibility. If they're not a haunted, you know, supernatural thing that they couldn't be done yet. They're done and they play it off as, Oh, it wasn't a haunting thing, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) Anyway, like, yeah. So second suicide attempt, but what we learn is the whole reason why she is attempting to fake her own death is because yeah, she does want to kill her husband and kill the husband yeah well first of all they decide that in order to best survive the night they're all just going to lock themselves in their rooms and not come out if anybody comes out then you know there's they're obviously guilty of something or they're you know they're they're doing something Mm -hmm. nora gets scared and leaves her room and that's when she sees the the fake hanging victim of what was it, Annabelle? Yep. That's when she screams and people come out of their room. But yeah, but the whole thing was everybody go to your bedroom, lock the door, and, you know, don't leave. <clears throat> and I don't remember why she left. Why, why did she initially leave her room? Something scared her. She's seen something. Oh, no, yeah. she's seen, she seen the head. Like, how does she open up her bag and see a severed head in there? Right. What, yeah. what happened what, with that? It was a closet, wasn't it? No, no, there was there was a severed head in the bag and severed head, like, in a closet. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a, a, a play on things when the, the very intro of the movie, the owner of the house was like, oh, people were, seven people were killed here, you know. And two of their heads were never found. And they never found, yeah. 
And then she finds a head and then she's like, oh my God, there's a head. And everybody goes up. There's no head there. Like impossible to pull off trick. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. No, <laughs> no movie. it doesn't. But then whatever reason, Nora's already spooked out. She leaves her room when she wasn't supposed to. Um, she's got the, the, you know, the young guy there trying to help her out and, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm lost already. I don't even know. Just just talk about the movie. <laughs> I mean, there's so much more to really it's say. All over uh, the place. It's, it's all over the place. Another another film all over the place. But it, it's a fun ride of is it a mystery? Are there really ghosts? Are there are there not ghosts? And then you find out that the movie, all of that is a giant MacGuffin for what the film is really about. Or just a couple, just a married couple that are really just trying to kill each other her husband to invite her you know lover to the party so she could fake her death so that the lover could kill the husband who was thinking his wife had died and ghosts i, and I don't ghosts. know and that's your movie and that's your movie. But because it's Vincent Price, Vincent Price has to have the last laugh. And oh yeah. So we gotta get to the end because that is fantastically terrible. <laughs> and anyway, so part of Annabelle and the doctor's master plan is we're going to get Nora, who's been terrorized throughout this entire film, scare her to death, make her go down to the basement. Oh yeah, make Price her think, yeah, make her think Vincent Price is the bad guy. So she shoots him, and then we ride off in the sunset and we're together. Yeah. And so all of that goes according to plan. Nora goes down to the basement. Vincent Price goes down to the basement. She's scared shitless. She shoots and kills Vincent Price, or so she thinks. But Vincent Price is always one step ahead, and he knew that this was his wife's elaborate plan all along. Somehow. somehow. That's why he invited the doctor there because he knew, but uh, yeah, whatever. He, <laughs> he believed that his wife was trying to kill him. And so he knew that if he would hold host a party and invite her lover, that she would then try to kill him somewhat one way or another. And well, so the easiest way. We also way... spend the first hour of the movie with her saying, "It's your party, not mine. I'm right. not going. I'm not going. I'm not going." And then she just shows up and, "Hey, I'm here now yeah. at the party." Like, what? What just changed? Like, you didn't even tell us what was different. You just said, "I'm not going." Hey, now I'm here. Irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And the doctor now comes down to the basement because Vincent Price is shot and dead. Right. So he's going to throw him in the giant like pool of acid. We go to black thinking that Vincent Price go, you know, that he's dead. Now, Annabelle shows up in the basement inexplicably. And and when you know it, now we've got Vincent Price's ghost rising from the vat. They, they have a moment where they think that they won and like, aha, my love, we won. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> And so Vincent Price's skeleton rises from the acid and terrifies Annabelle and the skeleton kind of chases her around in that basement. And she herself falls into the, the pool of acid dying. 
And then we find out it's not Vincent Price's skeleton at all. It it is a skeleton. No, that, no, it's not just it's not just her. I think both of them fall yeah. into the ass. So Vincent right? Price ended up actually doing the he old switcheroo. The guy. Yeah. yeah, he ended up doing a switcheroo and threw him into the acid. And yeah. Had enough time to jerry rig a skeleton system of reels and fishing twine and and marionette type stuff to make this skeleton walk across the floor with his voice and scare her to fall (laughs) into the acid. And it is every bit as cheesy as it sounds if you watch it (laughs) because it's 1959. But. You know, I can't imagine someone actually being like scared. <clears throat> like I could see watching Halloween or Friday the 13th and going to bed and actually being creeped out. But right. I can't see the Tingler or this movie actually causing someone in the 50 in 59 to go to bed and be scared. Yeah. It might have happened, but I don't see how. <laughs> I'm not going to go to bed and, and be scared about anything that happened in this movie. You, you know, anybody anywhere in America can be like, oh, wow, Michael Myers, that's creepy. Someone could put a mask on, break into a house and kill somebody. That's creepy. But this movie, no. Right. Like, there's nothing about this movie that would make you like scared to go to sleep or anything. You know, it's, I, I I hear you. I do. Um, These movies, I think they're, I don't want to say like self deprecating, but there wasn't, they weren't taking themselves seriously, but they were, they were monster movies. You'll get that. I picked these because I love them, not because I hate them, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. I'm contradicting then versus now. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I love everything Vincent Price has been in. That I've seen. Right. right probably right. some bad stuff. I, I've never seen Ten Commandments, but you know, maybe that's good. I I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen that one. No, Ten no. Commandments? Yeah. I figured that was like an epic movie you had seen. No, no. Never saw that one. I've seen many epic films, but not that one. But anyway, um <laughs> so both the lover and Annabelle are dead. And Ooh. He essentially confesses to everybody that what what the that they're dead, but they're dead because they were trying to kill me, and right. the party ends. But the, I'm I'm wondering, it. did they get paid? That's what. Like, but the movie ends. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. The movie ends, and we're like, what happened? Like, yeah, did like you pay them? you're still on the hook for fifty G's, buddy. Like, yeah, <laughs> one of them's gone. So I mean, these four people get you know. Or no, are they all, no, did all five survive? No, the doctor did it. So yeah, yeah. So there are four. Yeah, so we got four left, dividing yeah. 50 grand. Yeah, like, that's, that's like 1250. Th- that is my biggest thing I wrote down here is, did they get paid with a question mark? Right, like, yeah, it, it, <laughs> the movie just ends. And I don't know if it's just because of budget, you know, because the movie is only like an hour and like 15 minutes long. Like, all right, that's it. You know, mm. we're, we can't have a big like payoff. So you have that line from... Uh, the the guy, the homeowner that guy he's like they're he he hears the ghosts they're they're coming after me and then they're coming after you and then that's it mm-hmm. that's the movie so yeah do they get paid do they die what happens what happens well, to Vincent Price's character well if we talk about the money ten thousand dollars each is like ninety two ish right now mm-hmm. yeah it's about a hundred grand oh, yeah. yeah. There's like in like two like oh seven. There was a remake of this, and I think everybody got a million in the remake. Oh, it was, no, it was ninety nine. 
uh, it was back when I worked in the movie theater. It was yeah, this 99? movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's way earlier than I thought. But yeah, the remake, I think it was like a million dollars. It was, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. got and, and the remake, I don't know if you if you ever saw it or what you what your thoughts are. I mean I have, but it's been a long time. I remember yeah. a fireplace. <sighs> I don't that's all I remember. Was there a fireplace that like maybe maybe that was the other house movie? I think that was the haunting. The the haunting haunting. Of Hill, uh, yeah. It was just a haunting. So you've got you've got two movies that roughly have the same same title, which is one is The Haunting of Hill House, and then you've got The House on Haunted Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. Very, very similar. So and both films came out, and then like both remakes came out in 1999. So you yeah. had the haunting. And then you had the house on Haunted Hill. Yeah, and then the Haunted Hill house was like the two years ago Netflix show too. Yeah, so right, yeah, it, it's it's confusing, but yeah, I'm sure I've seen it. I don't remember exactly what happened. It's probably as corny as this. It, it's corny. <laughs> I think they did a decent job of trying to have some type of plausible backstory. I think there was actual ghosts in that one. There was the house actually was haunted, <laughs> yeah. and and then the the explanation and the the climax is completely absurd. So <laughs> not not great, but right. definitely still worth a watch just to try it out. But I think if I look at these two movies, I think the house on Haunted Hill could be remade again today and actually be good. The Tingler, oh, I just yeah. don't know. I just don't know how you could remake the Tingler. No. No, you can't. You know, know, going back to the Tingler, there is some things that are mentioned in it that are factually proven to be not true. Right. Today, like you have, you know, Vincent Price talking about how hair and fingernails continue to grow after you die. And we've now proven that that's not a thing. Your fingernails don't continue to grow. The skin around them just recedes. Mm-hmm. So they look longer. You know, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of scientific inconsistencies in Tingler that are already proven wrong. So, I mean, the, the whole concept of it was ridiculous in 1959. And it's even more ridiculous now. In 1959, you just you know, could maybe convince someone to suspend disbelief like we talked about. And now it's like, I mean, it's just like if I made a movie now about, you know, going to the moon and all the creatures that live on the moon that attack us, everyone's going to be like, yeah, obviously there's no creatures that live on the moon. But in the 50s, creatures living on the moon would have worked. Right. It's the same thing, you know. So it's so to remake the Tingler uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe possible, but probably not. No, I mean, if you remade it now, it would be a made-for-sci-fi movie that sure. was worse than the original. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it'd be a Sharknado or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I I think we've covered both of these films in. I think we've done them justice with that. You know, talking about we we thoroughly enjoy both of these films. They're incredibly campy, but that's what they were. I don't think they were trying to be anything more than that. They came out in a certain time. And at the end of the day, despite how campy these films are, they've been incredibly influential. I've already mentioned Psycho. Like Psycho 
if, if it wasn't for the house on Haunted Hill, there might not have been a psycho, at least in the way that we know of psycho today. You know, like right. Alfred Hitchcock yeah. was really influenced on the on this idea that William Castle had put together and right. to do this movie in like a low budget kind of uh, style. And then he himself used a gimmick, which was you can't arrive late. You know, you have to be there on time. Uh, no, like, you know, like no spoilers or anything, which all of that went back to Diabolique, which was this French film that came out like five years earlier or so, which is a right. really great film. But it goes so, yeah. into watch this to appreciate what it influenced, mm-hmm. you know, William Castle to Alfred Hitchcock to Wes Craven to John Carpenter to think about every little bit that everybody had to take from the steps along the way to get to, you know, James Wan and where we are now, you know, or something like that. I mean, everybody's drawn a little bit from here, a little bit from there. And it's all essential to, you know, what we are at now, which is that 25% of horror movies are actually good. (laughs) (laughs) That might be even generous. I don't know if even 25% is good, but you know what? It's still, my favorite, it's still my favorite genre. It's still my favorite oh, yeah, genre. Me too. <laughs> yeah. But Brad, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking this trip and mad shout out to the legend that is Vincent Price, the, like the greatest horror leading man ever. Go watch everything he's in and then watch the thriller music video. Yeah. And his cameos in Brady Bunch, because my buddy said I have to talk about his cameos in Brady Bunch. So I don't, I don't know about this. I don't either, but he's much older than me. And he said, Are you going to talk about his cameos in Brady Bunch? And I said, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> he said, What about Thriller? And I was like, I might mention Thriller. I mean, you have to mention Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. And then Edward Scissorhands, obviously. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was planned for a much bigger part and, you know, was just too advanced at age, you know, to do more. But yeah, yeah he's fantastic. Yeah. What a life. What a career. Um, yeah. I mean, he is he is the, you know, the essential horror movie person. I mean, his voice is is everything about him is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Brad. Well, thank you, buddy. Uh, this is fun. And we'll have to do it again next time or sometime soon and uh to the listeners as always thank you very much for listening to this episode you can uh, catch us again next time around but as always please like listen subscribe hit me up on all the social media platforms facebook youtube instagram twitter slasher whatever else is around i'm on them uh brad say goodbye to everybody hey goodbye everybody thanks for joining (laughs) us yet again (laughs) <laughs> we'll uh we'll see you next time bye everybody bye